0: This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over
1: 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. Do you find it challenging working on your collector car? Advantage Lifts has the solution for you with their selection of two and four post lifts. Advantage's two post lifts provide an unparalleled amount of versatility. Each wheel can spin freely and be worked on individually, and you'll have full access to those hard-to-reach parts of the undercarriage. And best of all, Advantage's two post lifts are ready to ship now. Get $100 off by using code TCCP for the Collector Car Podcast. Again, that's TCCP. You can find your perfect Advantage lift by calling 763-300-5730. That's 763-300-5730. And don't forget to use the promotional coupon code TCCP. CCP. Hey, it's Greg Stanley. If you're listening to this podcast, you know I love everything automotive. This passion has expanded to include being a car specialist consultant for RM Sotheby's. So if you need assistance buying or consigning a collector car at any one of our online or live auctions, including Scottsdale, Amelia Island, or Monterey, you can reach one of our car specialists at rmsotheby's.com or you can email me directly at gstanley at rmsotheby's.com. Hey, welcome to the Collector Car Podcast. Uh, I'm excited to do the big Hershey Fall Preview here. Um, Hershey is coming up next week, October 5th through the 6th. It's pretty cool. There's a cookout on Tuesday, October the 4th. So if you are attending in person, uh, you want to be sure to check that out. And the preview is Tuesday night, and then the auction starts Wednesday night, 5 p.m. So you can go to armstethobese.com to look at all these incredible lots. And I want to welcome Jake O'Gorman. Jake, how are you doing today?
0: Fantastic, Greg. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you being on. This is your first time on the podcast, and you're one of the car specialists that has been around for a while uh, with RM. So before we get to the cool cars, if you would tell uh, our listeners a little about about how you got to RM and what you specialize in.
0: Yeah, so actually, so this is funny enough, this Hershey will be my... 10th uh i guess 10th anniversary of working an rm auction
1: wow congratulations
0: yeah yeah which is pretty good because i i i'm i'm only turning 30 this year so oh
1: wow (laughs) yeah
0: so the way i met i got hooked up with rm is i went to mcpherson college down in mcpherson kansas for automotive restoration and it's a four-year program where you learn everything except chroming and making you know, bending glass. You do right. every, every other piece of restoring a car. And you learn about history and all that. I enjoy the pre-war cars and brass era cars. And I was only in school for maybe two months when I was selected with another student to go to Hershey for the week as sort of ambassadors uh-huh. for the school. So we went around, uh, you know, went to the AACA show, visited the SWAT meet, met with different... Uh, uh, some of the board of directors for the college, which included okay. different restoration shops and uh, Mercedes-Benz Classic Center, that sort of thing. And while I was there, I met my, you know, my bosses, you know, Rob and Gord and a couple other uh, uh, key <laughs> key people in uh, RM's, you know, uh, history uh, at the lobby bar of, of the hotel. <laughs> you can
1: always find the RM folks at the bar. There's no doubt about that. <laughs>
0: That's it. And then I asked them if I could work uh, if I could work in the summertime since I was Canadian. I said, hey, you know, can I come up and uh, intern for the summer? And yep. Rob told me, well, why don't you work tomorrow? We, you know, drive some cars. If you know if you know what you're doing, you you know, get in a car, see, see if you know anything. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, that's how it started. I volunteered that I volunteered that auction, drove some cars, and the rest is history.
1: <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah, and at least from an out, outsider looking in, I've only been with RM Consulting for a couple of years now, is you seem to be the guy to call uh, when you don't know how to drive a car because you seem to know <laughs> how to drive everything and get – Everything started. If it, you know, it's been sitting for fifty years. It, at least my perception is is you know how to get it running after fifty years of laying dormant. You know, would you agree with that? Are you that good?
0: I I would say I give it a very good try.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I
0: I'm uh, you know I you know, decent diagnostic skills. On okay. That, especially early things.
1: Early things. Yeah. Yeah. And so I know Hershey is known a lot for their pre-war cars and our listeners will see here in a second that that's not all that that is available at Hershey. And if you're watching on YouTube, I will overlay some of the pictures of the cars we're talking about so you can uh, experience, you know, see some of these uh, visually so you can see what we're talking about, which is pretty cool. A little trivia question here for you. I know you have brass era, nickel era. Uh, How do you typically define, I mean, obviously brass was the earliest then you had nickel, and then that went through like what nineteen twenty six, twenty seven. Then the chrome.
0: Yeah, yeah. So typically, brass. So as defined by like Horses' carriage club and some of, some of those clubs, sixteen and back, is is brass era. But you see the nickel starting in about fourteen.
1: Oh. So, okay.
0: Yeah. So about fourteen, there'll be cars fourteen, fifteen, some sixteen cars. That'll be, you'll see both. You'll see nickel and brass. And so we had a pack root in Amelia this last year that was a, you know, a brass era car, you know, by definition, but it was nickel. So instead of, you know, had a lot of nickel plating and black paint rather than, you know, shiny brass.
1: Okay, so there's always an exception to the rule, basically, right? Always. <laughs> and what was the transition nickel to chrome? About twenty six, twenty seven?
0: Yeah, uh, chrome and those uh, those some stuff a little bit earlier, like you know, certain manufacturers. A lot of times, the some of the timetable goes by, uh, you know, what was Ford doing at that time? Okay. Right, and they were building, uh, you know, the most cars of everybody pretty well. So at that time, you know, you want you know, some, some, uh, I recognize like very late Model Ts and obviously like, the first Model A's where they were using chrome and uh, even stainless.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Okay. And, and I might sound like I know a little bit of what I'm talking about, uh, but I don't. I just happened to be at the Dayton Concord recently and they had a line of, uh, Marmots and one was a 26, one was a 27, one had nickel, one had chrome. So I kind of put one in one together and came up with three so (laughs) no that's
0: that's like that's about the transition year, right and uh it's interesting too uh, you know when these cars were restored depending on when they were restored some might have been restored back to being a nickel air car some may have been restored to being a chrome air car i mean Mm. we see it when we're evaluating cars and i know you have too uh with different card collections is sometimes cars get restored inauthentically but it was done so long ago that it's maybe hard to tell <laughs> unless right. you really dig into it uh, to see yeah. you know, what will the finishes should be
1: yeah right yeah that chrome is 50 years old uh yeah it was recombed from you know 1962 you know or whatever <laughs> yeah. when was it was a
0: 35 year old car
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. 72, I yeah. guess. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go into some of the cars here. I, you know, this is somewhat free form. I just wanted you to kind of talk about some of the cars that you found interesting, uh, in the Hershey sale. I know some of them you'll know a lot more than others. Um, but yeah, if you would kind of run down some of the cars that you, uh, you found interesting, exciting that are showing up at Hershey. And then I have a list of cars here that if you don't cover them, I'll, uh, I'll mention a few afterwards. Okay. Yeah,
0: of course I can definitely, uh, I can definitely do that. So I'd say one one car, like um, I'll start with one of mine because I'm a little biased, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, the 31 Packard. 31 Packard, uh, it's deluxe. The proper name is Deluxe 8 convertible Coupe by LeBaron. So it is on a, a uh, 845 chassis. So eighth Series Packard in 1931, 145 inch wheelbase chassis, so huge, long, like long car for the for the era, right? You know the big eight cylinder engine, and this particular car, it was uh, cust- semi custom bodied by LeBaron for Packard. They made a handful of them. There's only three that survive now, but one of the controversies of this particular particular. Relationship with LeBaron and Packard is Packard took this design and essentially used it as a prototype for their 33 and 34 convertible coupes. Okay. So and we have a 34 convertible coupe uh, as well in uh, in Hershey. So what LeBaron did in 31 is they made a completely fold flat top where it's. You could call it disappearing, but it's not a hard cover. It has a soft canvas cover over over the convertible top once it closes down. Yep. Uh, but it's flush with the body. You can't see it. So, you know, rather than, you know, stacking up like similar cars or the factory bodies Packer would have. So this car, it's fascinating because of that. It has some unique features in the door where it has some cool body lines, small windshield with a, sever- a slight rake to it. And just overall, all a you know a, a clean-looking car, and this one actually has a trunk uh, instead of a typical rumble seat. You
1: That's can, what I was going to ask you. Uh, I'm looking at the pictures now, and <laughs> uh, what would you call that color?
0: So it's it's like a like a you know little dark, dark little tan,
1: dark tan with tan. you know even darker highlights, pinstriping, and uh, red interior red accents it's striking color combination and you're right you look at it from the profile and it's straight from the hood you know curving back to the rear license tag with the way they designed that top it is very good looking i was wondering about that trunk if that was a rumble seat or a trunk so yeah
0: yeah so when uh you know they it has a trunk instead of a rumble seat which it's interesting if you, you know, two passengers wanting to take luggage with you. Like you have, you have a ton of space now, right? But you can't throw, you know, two buddies in the back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, right.
0: Not, not a living yeah. one.
1: Right, right. Yep. And on this particular one, the estimate's 170 to 220. Uh, yeah, very beautiful. And I do see it has a little luggage rack in the back. It looks like you could throw a couple pieces of luggage if needed. All right. All right. Well, that's the first one. That's actually one of the ones I picked. Uh, I wanted to cover, so I found oh, that interesting geez. as well. Yeah. well
0: if, if you want to revisit it, so this this is coming from a like a good friend before you was a client, and he's actually put over five thousand miles on this car in a little under three years.
1: Oh wow, that's awesome.
0: He's driven it. It's like it's a great driving car.
1: Awesome. All right. Yeah. What's next on your list? What is another car that you thought was really cool?
0: Yeah, so I would have to say the giant uh, Pierce sixty six. I love big horsepower cars. <laughs> it's just you know, the it's what I like, <laughs> you know, especially from that era. Um, and this one's a thirteen, where you can see it has more right, nickel on it than uh, than brass.
1: Right. Yep. I just pulled out the picture here. It's a dark red, black interior, black top. Yeah, this thing looks like a uh, locomobile for the road, right? Locomotive mm-hmm. for the road, yeah. right?
0: Yep. It's awesome. And you know, these ones, these cars are just you know, big horsepower, like buckets of torque. You know, tall wheels, like just a big imposing tour car. And you know you're you're just like you're strapped to an engine essentially running down the road like it's so cool i i i'm a fan of th- this is like one of my first auctions with rm in hershey we had one of actually it might have been this car uh last time last time we offered it uh and yeah i i just love big horsepower early cars There's there's something about it you know you kind of like makes you feel like a kid
1: yeah <laughs> Yeah, so this is a 1913 Pierce Arrow Model 66A, uh, seven passenger touring. So you can take all your friends with you. The estimate is 500 to 700 thousand dollars, and it's interesting note here, uh, 825 cubic inches. Oh my goodness, and uh, that is just huge. Let's see. All right, noted by Guinness World Records as having the largest engine of any production automobile, larger even than the famed Bugatti Royale. Wow, that is. That's really cool. It's huge. I mean, it's almost like a fire truck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's awesome. <laughs> I love, you know, I, lo- I love, these cars. <laughs> and now, this, yeah, go on.
1: Uh, have you driven this one?
0: I have not driven this one. So that's something I'm looking forward to And Hershey is even just moving it around. Right. I, in reading about this car, uh, under the, prior owner he went through and kind of put some modern components in the clutch system to make it a little easier for driving especially touring you know these cars were made for long stretches of you know fairly un, uh i'd say you know ungroomed roads and you know you didn't really you, you didn't have a lot of traffic lights right that you were hitting or modern drivers so Putting in a clutch, it's easier to use, you know, some brakes that are, will work a little bit better uh, in modern traffic. That's uh, always good upgrades for this era of car.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's really great. That is a beautiful car for sure. Oh, wow. Yeah, unfortunately, I will not be at Hershey in person. I was really hoping to be there. So I just have to enjoy these uh, over the internet. <laughs> All right. What do you have next for us? Is it a brass era? Is it nickel? Is it chrome? Is it later? Well,
0: so again, I I like to, I want to try and give a big overview, but you know honestly I have to say the nineteen eleven Stanley Model seventy touring, so alternative fuel vehicle. Oh okay, yep. That we're offering, we're you know that's uh, yeah that is the only alternative fuel vehicle we have in Hershey this year. Sometimes we have electric cars as well. Uh,
1: so yeah, let's talk about this one a little bit. Um you like the early stuff, obviously, because you keep picking the early. Okay. Uh trying to find it online here. I know I've got it here somewhere. Uh well, tell us a little bit about it. Um, what is the alternative fuel? Steam? Yeah.
0: So steam. Yeah. So uh
1: there it is. Yeah. Got it.
0: I wouldn't, you know, it uh it uses so this these steam cars it you they use a, a mix of kerosene and diesel. Sometimes they use naphtha or in that, and they actually have a burner underneath the underneath the car in the the front under that coffin nose that heats up the water and produces steam, and then it uses to drive a piston, just like a like a locomotive.
1: Now there is no relationship to uh, me and this company, unfortunately, <laughs> or else I wouldn't be doing a podcast. But uh, yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> you got to so- own one. Now. You know, I know, I need to get one.
0: Get the, get the script for your uh, for your wall.
1: <laughs> that's right, that's right. Uh, let's see, one hundred to $150,000. So it's a Model 70 Touring now. What does the 70 stand for?
0: So typically it's like equivalent horsepower. Okay. Yeah, yep. so I'm going to check that. <laughs> Fact check that <laughs>
1: before
0: you put that in. Uh, but yeah, so this was, this particular car, it's important because it was it was it has history back to almost new, like right. 1913. So it was only a couple years old when it's known about in the Stanley registry. Many of these steam cars being wood car like they have wood frames, wood bodies. You have boiling boiling water and fire. A lot of them didn't survive.
1: Imagine that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so or they repurposed repurposing other things, et cetera. So what this particular car actually survived from its early days to now in like mostly original configuration, like chassis and body and that sort of thing. This car uh, was also owned by a very early collector, uh, James Melton, the famous celebrity and and also a car you know car collector. And then it went into the. Uh, uh, so Rockefeller Museum in Arkansas. Okay, it lived there for a number of years. Where the where the the current family bought it out of uh, fifty plus years ago. So it's it's had not many owners, very few owners over its whole life. A lot of these Stanleys, most of the ones you see running, or if you if you've been fortunate enough to see one running around, it's been a built car from component components. Uh, there was a quite a pr- prolific restorer and builder of these cars named Carl Amesley. And he built many of these late 60s, 70s, I believe into the 80s. So mm-hmm. you could take him, you know, a photo of, uh, I want a Stanley model, whatever, and two passenger, you know, five passenger, whatever horsepower, and he would build it.
1: Okay. Well, wow, that's really cool. This one's striking too. It's like a dark green with light yellow wheels and uh you know undercarriage which is cool uh and obviously brass so uh black yep. interior black top very very cool yeah I, I will have to get one of those those are pretty cool so like i said one 100 to 150 all right let's see what's next you're going to keep us in the teens or you're going to move a little later i mean i'll,
0: I'll <laughs> go a little bit later i'm i gotta you know got to pick that now because i i lo- you know I love all cars. You know, they all have their purpose, and they're different events, and you kind of need one from every era, right? So- you know,
1: there is there is one I think I know you know a little bit about. I did want to ask you about. It's the uh, the Diamond T pickup truck.
0: Oh yes, yes, yes. Tell us so- about
1: that because from a guy who doesn't know a lot about pickup trucks, uh, it's my understanding this these are known as the more beautiful pickup trucks, I guess, of the era. And they are absolutely stunning. Uh, looking directly, you know the way the uh, the grill is, and even the side vents and everything.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, hundred percent. They, you know, typically trucks of this era were cabs that were, you know, had flatbeds on the back, or you know, they weren't really pretty. <laughs> they weren't designed to be pretty vehicles. Where Dim- uh, Diamond T, this particular these particular models were sort of geared towards, you know, the the owner of the company. or you know they were very well built a little bit higher end trucks and uh, you know had design put into them to where yeah they have you know beautiful chrome accents uh contrasting colors the dashboards are a work of art they're wonderful wonderful cars Uh, yeah you know to collectors. (laughs) collectors, (laughs) uh, i'm in the office that's okay Uh, uh you know, to collectors now, these are, you know, they're, they're show trucks, right? And they, they look beautiful. You can still take them out. And they're very, you know, they're still heavy-duty trucks where you could go use them. But typically, they're show show trucks more than uh, than work trucks now.
1: Right, right. Yeah, okay. And then another car that I think you'll know a lot about, and I wanted to know about this because I've seen these on the Concorde show field before, and I've just been impressed by their presence 1927 Locomobile Model 90 Sportif. I don't know yep. if I'm saying that correct or not. Yep.
0: You you are. <laughs> T-
1: tell us about this car, like just, just the brand in general. Now, the estimate on this one is 70 to 90 grand. Uh, tell us a little bit about this huge beast of a car.
0: Yeah, so this Model 90 Sportif is sort of at the end of the road for Locomobile. They were a very high-end autom- automobile manufacturer, you know, in the teens and that, you know, O's and teens. And they're one of the companies that didn't survive the Great Depression.
1: <laughs> uh, okay.
0: Yeah. So they built very, again, well-appointed, higher horsepower, bigger, strong, sturdy vehicles for, you know, upmarket clientele. And this is, is one of them. So big touring car you know, two windshields on it. Uh, you see the second one folds, yeah. can fold around, uh, protect from the wind. You know, dual spares in the back. So very clean looking side uh, side profile. Um, yeah, and just a big, a big touring car. Uh, this particular one, um, we offered it. I think I want to say two or three years ago in Arizona it was a lot. It was the last time uh, we offered it. And since then, the current owner went through and you know, replaced the tires. Um, I believe they did a new top on it and cleaned up some of that plating, uh, went through and gave it a really thorough detail and a heavy servicing to make sure it can run down the road.
1: Okay. Yeah, before we talk about more cars that are 100 years old, <laughs> I do want to let our listeners know that there is some other stuff i'll just rattle off we don't need to talk about these but just so our listeners understand we do have a 79 mercedes 450 sl uh let's see, a 1959 mercedes 190 sl i saw a grand national uh gnx low mileage reserve no reserve no reserve no reserve (laughs) reserve. we got a 73 land river series three that is one of my favorite i mean i i know they don't drive you know possibly as well as you would think but they're just You know, gorgeous rovers. You know, so uh, a little bit of everything across the board. Obviously, we have a lot of stuff uh, from the '30s, '40s, and. (laughs) And uh, I'm going to throw another one at you here. I would call it, I guess, our one of our two premier car or our premier car here, uh, the Duesenberg we have, 1930 Duesenberg Model J Limousine. Um, If you get to talk to talk to that a little bit, 750 to 950, but not just. You know, Duesenbergs are incredible cars. I did a podcast in the past where I I listed the most, the fastest car from every decade. And the Duesenberg was the only one that was the fastest for two decades, the 20s and the 30s, even though they were pretty much all made in 1929. But not, you know, if you would talk about the, this Duesenberg, but also the coach built aspect of it, um, give our listeners a little understanding of what it meant to get a car coach built back then.
0: Certainly. So, back back in that era, in the 20s and into the 30s, you would order, well, at a certain level of clientele, they would order a chassis from a manufacturer like Duesenberg. Uh, in fact, Duesenberg, they pretty well only sold chassis, and you would take it to your coach builder of choice and have a body built, as you would back in the carriage days where you would go to names like Brewster or Willoughby uh, and that and actually have a have a carriage built, you would have that done with your car. So this particular one is built by Willoughby uh, out of Utica, New York, and they were known primarily for these closed luxurious cars. So this particular one being a limousine, no, long wheelbase, Lots of cabin space for the occupants in the back. You were typically chauffeur-driven in this type of car, uh, this particular car. And, yeah, it was was built to be, uh, you know, you could, you would enjoy the ride from start to finish. So, you know, nice finishes inside, you know, lots of cigarette lighters, uh, you know, (laughs) curtains. uh, I believe uh, this one as well uh, has a divider window in it. Uh, for you know, to <laughs> kind
1: of take yourself little, away from the chauffeur, right? Yeah, a privacy, a privacy <laughs> that sort of thing. Uh, yeah,
0: so it's it's, it's a great, you know, it, there it's a great also like touring car, even modern times, because you have space for your luggage, right? right? You can throw your luggage in the back or you can take buddies with you. I mean, you see, you see these at you know, the ACD festival and everyone's having a great time. So you can pile, you know, five, five people in it.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. So for our listeners, just to recap, so if you bought a Duesenberg chassis, you're basically buying the chassis, the wheels, the tires, the drivetrain, the engine, you know, the brakes, you know, all that kind of stuff that's underneath the skin correctly. And then you would take it to one of these coach builders, like getting a a tailor-made suit, but you're actually getting the body of your car customized to your taste. correctly. Correct yep and it, yeah what i'm finding is you know like you said willoughby is known for closed um you know the price of a 1930 Duesenberg can vary greatly based upon the coach builder correct whether or not they were known as doing beautiful styling or if you know what they they only did european cars but they did one Duesenberg, right that that does add value to the car
0: certainly and and yeah and Certain manufacturers were known more for their open cars, some for it like you said, for their closed cars and then their style, typically something like a like a limousine or certain sedans the The focus was on interior comfort and luxury like you know and how luxurious it was and finishes and that rather than the outside, so you know the inside was built the outside was shaped kind of around the interior compartment whereas other coach builders would have you know there'd be dramatic styling on the outside and maybe a little bit tighter quarters on the inside or they would do it on a convertible coupe or a disappearing top type of car
1: that's where the big dollars you know come from from the cars that look gorgeous on the outside like right like the disappearing top kind of cars
0: uh you know a hundred percent i mean you know like you said, it, it varies wildly from you know this car. You know, I believe is priced you know very, very well at seven hundred and fifty to nine hundred and fifty for a supercharged Duesenberg closed car, where an open car you can go you know four million five million dollars, right. some of them <laughs> for a, a two passenger open car. <laughs> like,
1: right. Yeah, big difference so, there.
0: Yeah. 100%.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, while we're talking about fast cars that take you around in style, why don't you talk about the 1956 Bentley S1 Continental Sports Saloon by Park Ward? So, that is another coach builder, right? Park Ward?
0: Yep. It's another coach builder uh, over in the UK. And that particular car, again, only made a certain amount of this sports saloon style. So, Again, a little upgraded from the you know a normal Bentley saloon of that era. Uh, we actually, inter- interestingly enough, we have a kind of a companion car to this in uh, the uh, in the uh, Flying Spur. Oh, okay, yep. uh, yeah, as well. So the Flying Spur, you know, it it's a four door version, sort of on the same chassis similarly, similar chassis as the, uh, as the other, uh, Bentley,
1: which is kind okay. of,
0: you know, interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, so you no know, main differences being two doors versus four doors. So sure. this particular 56 Bentley, it, it was, it was bought at auction by the consigner way back in the seventies. And oh, wow. he drove it as more or less a daily car uh through in new york city (laughs) through late 70s and 80s and you know yeah he he mentioned to me he got a lot of lot of uh attention back then driving something like this around new york
1: (laughs) oh i bet i bet for sure all right well i'm going to pick a few more cars here that may or not you may or may not know very well so uh expect me (laughs) a i like that
0: all right how about
1: i don't (laughs) that's <laughs> right. How about the nineteen fourteen Thomas Model K six ninety Flyabout, six fifty to eight hundred fifty thousand dollars? This is actually the uh, cover artwork for this podcast. If you uh, if, if you're listening to this podcast or watching YouTube, this is the car we're talking about. Tell us a little bit about this. It seems like it's pretty rare.
0: Yes. So Thomas was known for being the car that won the you know New York to Paris round the world race. So the Thomas Flyer. Um, Thomas Flyer, yep, so this one's obviously a little bit later car and a big, you know, big, you know, multi-passenger car rather than a sporty, smaller, or not smaller, but sporty two-passenger car, and this particular car, um, I believe it was in, yes, it was in the hair collection for a number of years, again, big horsepower car, great for touring, the home it's coming from, they are you know very fastidious in their upkeep and maintenance on cars, and they use them on these, like, long-distance tours. So it's a great thing coming from a great home. Uh, this particular one.
1: For our listeners, it's actually red on red with a black top. It's stunning. It's really beautiful.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, so this one, actually, it's been uh, – I don't want to say hot-rotted, but upgraded or upgraded, right, with a 90-horsepower uh,
1: ah, kind of a... trim
0: for the engine. But that's a lot for back then, you right. know. If you think a comparable car of that era, I mean, go to the – there's a, a Page Detroit that's of the same era in the sale, and it's, I think, like 20-horsepower, if that. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it yeah. that. So it. This was the supercar of the era. These these Thomas, big Thomases, big Peerlesses, big uh, Pierce arrows, that sort of thing.
1: Right. Okay. No, that's great. That's really cool. And I love the picture going down the road. It's got the American flag flying behind it. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It's
0: uh, yeah. Two. I mean, two of our uh, cars is here have American flags. You know, equipped but this and the Stutz. bear <laughs> <The Stutz, laughs> okay. uh, Bearcat recreation.
1: Okay. Yep. Uh, all right. The next one is one I'm not that familiar with. Um, ironically, there is a, at the Concord I went to recently, they had, I think, eight of these cars, including a 16 convertible. The 1931 Marmon 16 convertible sedan by LeBaron. So once again, by LeBaron, there's another coach builder. This estimate is three hundred to $400,000. Now this is a big V16 convertible. Uh, what do you know about the Marmon brand?
0: Yeah. So Marmon. They were the first, the car company. Uh, they were the first car to win, or the the first car company to win the first Indy Five Hundred. Wow! And one of the one of the features that they developed uh, was single seat driver drive uh, single seat race cars to win that Indy Five Hundred because they employed this crazy new technology called a rearview mirror. <laughs> right. So. So you didn't have to have two people in the car; you could have one. So half the weight, one person make it error, and they won the yeah nineteen eleven Indianapolis five hundred in the Merman Wasp. So obviously, going you know two decades later, uh, the thirty one Merman sixteen very advanced engine design for the period, and you know V sixteen engine completely all aluminum engine wow. heads yeah heads block uh, uh crankcase oil pan uh intake obviously cast iron exhaust and internals and that but you know very light comparative to other cars of the day that were completely cast iron so fascinating that way they were pretty nimble and like, well fast cars of their day uh being you know V16 powered and about 200 horsepower is what they would advertise.
1: Wow. Okay. Which is big. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's huge for the time. Now, this is a two tone, like red and dark red. Uh, so, very striking colors on this one as well. Uh, all right. I just have three more here I wanted to cover with you. And then if you have any more you want, just, you know, call them out. Um, this is a package deal. So, uh, this is a 1960 Plymouth Fury two door hardtop with the 1957 Herter's boat. And I absolutely love this because you've got the big fin style of 1960s Plymouth. Uh, it's red, two-tone red and white. And then what's even better is you got a big finned boat trailer behind it. Again, red with white accents. I can't imagine a better uh, package going together, especially if you're uh, headed down to a local cruise and They would just, you just blow their minds pulling up in this, right? It's just a great combo. 100%.
0: These, uh, you know, these have all, I've always loved 60 and 59 Plymouth Dodges, the, you know, forward look, big fin yeah. sedans, some to do, I think, you know, watch Christine when I was like 12 <laughs> something, right. and it's always stuck in my head, right, <laughs> those those cars, and I am also a fan of boats, so seeing them both together, I, I love the combination, especially you know, being color-coordinated color, color coordinated like they are. And you're 100% right on seeing somebody with sort of a car show, like, you're, you're going to win people's choice, like, hands down.
1: <laughs> now, don't you live on a boat?
0: I So, I did for uh, four, five, four, four summers. I lived on a boat uh, up here in uh, Canada. But you can only live on it, you know, May through till Hershey, till October. Uh, but I did buy a house.
1: Okay. You know?
0: About a, about a year, a little over a year ago. So I'm uh, I officially have a garage and a, a bed that won't float away.
1: <laughs> there we go. Okay. I thought you lived <laughs> on a boat. Okay. Yeah. All right. The next one is a car I know a little bit about. It's a 1936 Ford Model 68 Deluxe Phaeton. Now, this one's what's cool about this car is there's a lot of 36 Ford Phaetons out there. I just, I don't know. I love saying the word Phaeton. I love four door convertibles. Um, I think this is cool and it's a really neat color combo uh let's see i forgot the color vineyard green over brown leather and it has a tan soft top inside curtains what's amazing about this particular car is it is no reserve and it has approximately over three hundred (laughs) thousand dollars of work done to it by a previous owner it's won all sorts of awards over the years uh so you know if you if you're looking for a 36 ford Phaeton or something in that era i really want people to know that this car is here the estimate's 45 to 55 um, honestly, it should go for more because of the level of quality and the work done to this car. So I just wanted to let people know, you know, no reserve car, 300 grand in receipts, and it could be yours somewhere in that range. So what do you know about these, uh, these Phaetons? Again, great, you know, great
0: pre-war cars to get into the hobby with. Uh, yep. there was a huge club support for these types of V8 Fords. I was the V8 Ford Club of America. They have gatherings. There's specific shows you can go to. The headquarters for the V8 Ford Museum is in uh, Auburn, Indiana, and that they, I'm sure, they have gatherings there as well. Right. Uh, Yeah. Great cars. V8 power. Three speed. uh, You know, it. Again, it it has the look of a mid '30s. You know, mid '30s styling to it. And this one has all you know, has its full you know set of side curtains, which is huge. <laughs> Those are right. very expensive uh, to to have done. And again, you're buying a car that someone's already spent all the money restoring and you can buy and enjoy. So I you know I think it's a it's a no brainer that at uh, that estimate, right.
1: yeah, yeah, I would agree. Uh, and the last one I wanted to talk about, just to get a little muscle car in here. Uh, is a 1962 Chevrolet Bel Air Sports Coupe. I thought this one is cool. A couple of different reasons. One is it's the big 409. My uncle has an Impala with a 409, and I've been trolling over that since the late 70s. So I, I like those in general. Uh, it's bright red, red interior, red you know, wheels with dog dish hubcaps. And it's pretty cool because it was looks like it was built to race. It's got the uh, quarter mile specification package with radio delete, heater delete, and posi traction. Rear end. So I just thought this was cool. So uh, I know, you know, I know you love all cars. What are your <laughs> thoughts on uh the '62? I guess it's pre-muscle car, but man, this is a muscle car.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's definitely leading up to the the you know the muscle car and the horsepower wars, right? Of the later yep. '60s, hundred percent it is. And I I love a low optioned car from the '60s like this that is clean, right? It, yep. Like from the wheels to the bench seat interior to just that single, you know, floor shift. Uh it it just it's it's clean and it kind of again looks like something you'd see rolling around in American graffiti. Right,
1: right. You know, and I, I actually lied. I do have one more car. <laughs> so my, my last good. one, I forgot about this one. Nin- <laughs> 1959 Mercury Country Cruiser. Uh let's see, it's a station wagon, 40 to 60 grand. And what I love about this car, it's uh, black and it has the faux wood grain. It's a station wagon. It's 59 Mercury, so it's got the big wings out back. And I really love the interior. So you got black with red interior, nine passenger capacity with folding rear seat, power windows, power door locks, power steering, power brakes. Uh, It's just really, really cool. Would you be seen driving around in one of these?
0: Oh, 100%. I, you know, maybe, you know, I'm getting older. I'm 30 now, <laughs> right? And I'm going for comfort. Comfort. So, comfort. Looking ahead, what am I going to hold my kids around with?
1: There you right? go. Yep. It,
0: it can have nine. Well, well, I can have you know what at least like seven.
1: Of seven them. kids.
0: Yeah. That's right. And,
1: yep.
0: <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it, it's awesome. I these in recent years, these wagons have just gone you know nuts. Some of these uh, you know 50s and and 60s wagons and. I just love the look of them, and I think it's so cool because uh, 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 there's a g- whole generation that grew up riding in the back seat, looking at the back window of these cars, and right. just see one at a car show. It's just it's just so cool how they made these sedans into wagons, and kind of the, the little accessories and tricks that different yeah. ones have.
1: No, that's that's really great. Great points there. So that's all I have. Is there anything else you wanted to cover on this uh, episode of the Collective Car Podcast? I'm just
0: going through our list here, and I mean... <laughs>
1: I think we hit all the big highlights, but I know there's a ton of yeah, cars.
0: There is a there is a mix, a really good mix of cars this year from, yeah, brass, horseless carriage-type cars, big horsepower, yeah, 60s cars, um, 50s cars, you know, a little bit of everything. And this year, too, we have a really good mix of memorabilia, both mm-hmm. nights of the auction, and, you know, everything from bronzes kids cars highly detailed models a couple airplanes like we had at, uh, gene ponder auction yeah and uh my favorite we have a lot of outboard motors which
1: oh nice i think they're so
0: cool they're like,
1: beautiful
0: <laughs> They're so yeah. very very cool display pieces polished yeah. up very well
1: well i appreciate you being on the podcast today jake and i'll have uh i'll have all the information for our listeners in the description so Uh, Have fun in Hershey, and I wish I would see you there, but I won't. But I'll see you on a future episode of the podcast. Sounds
0: good to me. I really enjoyed it, Greg, and thank you for inviting me on.
1: Thanks for listening to the Collector
0: Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes, and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast.